All right. Hello, Celent, and hello, hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Another wonderful episode of Sex in the Bull City. I am Dr. Sophia Dorton Cottle, and this is my friend and associate, Celent Malone. And we are really happy to be here with y'all today. Thanks for joining us. And um, we're going to talk about something that is very timely and hopefully going to be very helpful to everyone who's listening today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the importance of having an effective plan in place for sobriety and recovery, especially during the holidays. So this is important always, but holidays are a very triggering time for a lot of us. It's a time that we are with usually our family of origin, which is where many of our issues were created and born. And so being back with our families or being around a lot of people or being alone during the holidays, any of those mm -hmm. and any combination of those um, can bring up a lot of feelings for us that sometimes are hard to experience during a holiday season when we might see on TV or see around us that, or, or if you're on social media, that of course everyone is much happier than we are and everyone's life is perfect and ours is not. And so um, this is really a time that it's just important to have a plan in place so that we can be safe and, and we can be, um, you know, staying in our lane of recovery. So Celinda and I thought this would be a great thing to talk about today since we're, we're in the middle of the holidays and both of us specialize in sex addiction. And I'm super happy to be having this conversation with you, Celine. Welcome. Well, thank you. I think this is a very timely issue. Um, I know uh, for Thanksgiving and for um, all of the, the winter holidays, um, I have had clients who have said, um, this is a time for me that is really difficult. I, I'm going to be with my parents. I'm going to be with, um, you know, I'm going to be my childhood bedroom or, you know, whatever it is that is that triggering event. Um, I think it triggers some of the schema that we talk about, you know, some of those uh, ways that we see ourselves, those ways that uh, we interact with our family and those things there's, they're very stressful and they, and they might even be traumatic. Um, and I think if you don't plan for having some sort of sobriety plan, you're not going to stay sober. And having that plan in place is good self-care. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's so important not only to stay sober, but um, you know, when I work with my clients who have long-term recovery or when I think about my own long-term recovery, these are actually opportunities because, I mean, staying sober for many of us, that stops being a thing really earlier on in, in recovery. But, but having these, these times of, of triggering or being around our family of origin or the holidays um, these are times of opportunity to really grow our recovery and sure. a solid sobriety and recovery mm -hmm. plan is going to deepen that growth. And, and um, you know, that's really what lifelong 
long-term recovery is about. It's it's not only about staying sober, which is frankly the easy part. You know, the hard part <laughs> is doing that that root cause work. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, but but both are important. It's all important. And and part of of a, you know a, ma- a main strategy of getting to be someone who is in long term recovery is having a schedule and having a plan. And mm-hmm. and for people who work with me, um, you know, a word that I use about early recovery is this is some important business number one, and and mm-hmm. we have to treat this almost in a militant way because we've got to be on top of it. And we've got to anticipate before addiction can come and bite us in the butt and surprise us. And so one of the things I talk about, like while I'm creating a sobriety plan is, and I talk about about this always, this is something I learned early in recovery. I keep my addiction close to me. Uh If I pretend that it's fine, I'm good, life is perfect, everything's rosy, and my addiction's over there, it's on the other side of the room, that's when it can sneak up on me. So for me, part of a good sobriety plan is being very honest with myself and keeping my addiction here so that I know I can take a read on it. I know where it's at. I know where I'm at. I know what's going on. And and it's not going to surprise me like it's here. And I can still have other things around me here, but my addiction is going to, it's going to be close to me so that I'm always keeping a check on myself. That's part of my sobriety plan. Um, hopefully that's helpful to people. And we can maybe talk more about that at some point about what that really means. Cause that throws people sometimes when I say that, but that's right. kind of, that's kind of an old timey addiction um, <laughs> strategy. Yeah. I'm showing my age here. Um, yeah. Paying attention to yourself, I think, is kind of the, the the aim that you're going for there. Like knowing what's going on in yourself and not getting over busy, not getting uh, distracted, not dissociating. Um, and this is a really easy time, even if you don't have family stuff, um, even if you're just super busy buying presents or um, going to parties or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're dealing with. Um, it's really easy to not pay attention to yourself during this time. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Abandoning of the self. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so we've talked a little bit about why it's important to have an effective sobriety or recovery plan. Let's talk for a few minutes about um, what a good plan looks like. Um, what are some things sure. that you think are, are really important, Celine? Uh, I would start with connection. Who do you need to connect with that is safe for you, that is um, somebody that you already kind of have a connection with? Uh, because that connection is part of the cure, right? That I mean, that's just part of, that's addiction 101. Um but I think having a plan for who you're going to reach out to and they know the calls are coming. Uh, maybe it's somebody in the program. Maybe it's a close friend. It means to be somebody that understands what's going on with you um, so that you can reach out. Maybe you're, you know, scheduling that time um, plus kind of some like the ability to call somebody on the fly if you need it. 
Um, I think you need both of those things when you're going to connect. That's, that's the first priority to me. I think that's key. And it's, it's one of the most important, um, you know, strategies for healthy living and also addiction recovery. 100%. Um, connection is the cure. It's the cure to addiction, anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness, also, it's part of grief recovery, so it's wildly important. We know through neuroscience how connection, healthy connection, actually positively affects the brain, and, and it gets right in those, it creates the neural pathways that we want. And so that's incredibly um, important. I'm glad we talked about this first. Yeah, connection. So I like for my people to have a schedule. I'm big on schedules. Again, that word militant. <laughs> I want everything written down. I, I want to see it before they leave town or see it before the holidays start. There's accountability with me and with a sponsor. Um, I want to see what meetings they're going to, when they've scheduled their phone calls or their Zooms with recovery partners. And um, and I definitely you've got to have two or three people on your phone call list that you can call on the fly. Like you said, that's important because we don't plan our triggers. I don't know how y'all are. I wish I knew when my triggers were going to happen. That would be great. <laughs> I could plan ahead of time. But, you know, especially the holidays, this is a time where things just pop up. And again, for me, that's why I like my addiction to be close to me because I want to know where my addiction's at and where where my interaction, my relationship with my addiction is. Um, so for me, it's more than just my own self-awareness. It's I want to know how much how much energy and power um, this this thing has at any given time. And um, so, yeah, I think that that a, a plan for connection is is imperative. Agreed. Yeah. I think another place um, that you touched on there was the schedule. Yeah. Having some predictability, even if it needs to be flexible, having some predictability, especially around Mm self-care, maybe scheduling breakfast, lunch, and dinner, scheduling some water breaks, uh, things like that, that can be touchstones during your day. Um, that you feel some structure. I think that structure can be really soothing to the nervous system when everything else is in flux. Yeah. I think, I think you, you actually said some things that I wasn't even thinking about, like basic self care on the schedule. That's wildly Mm -hmm. important exercise um, meditation for me. Um, it's a non-negotiable. Anybody I work with has to have exercise on their schedule and meditation because we know, again, I pay attention to neuroscience that we know how effective regular exercise doesn't have to be like you're like running a marathon or anything, but just basic health, basic healthy exercise, basic meditation, mindfulness meditation is so effective, so positively effective on the brain and on how we feel. So, you know, this whole sobriety and recovery business for me, um, it's not just about being clean and sober, which is obviously important, but it's also about feeling better and living the life we want to live. And when we talk about people, you know, we're whole people. We're not just 
I'm not just an addict. You know, like we're a whole person. Um, I know plenty of addicts who are not, you know, drinking, drugging or acting out, but they're sober without recovery and they're miserable. So when we take away the thing that's our only friend and we don't do any personal work, what we're left with is just kind of like a gaping open wound of misery. So recovery <clears throat> fixes that, you know, the deep personal work fixes that. And, um, and it's, it's so important to be able to, to, to feed our whole self in that way. So I love that about the self-care on the schedule, drinking water. What a great thing to put on a, a schedule, like a little timer, drink my water or, you know, go meditate for five minutes, go, go, go take, you know, 30 seconds of, of cleansing breaths outside for, for three minutes. I mean, how amazing is that? Especially like when, when the air is cold, you know, like it is in the winter in some places. For sure. Yeah. You can like breathe in that cold. Like it feels like, ah, it's so energizing. So those are great things to put on a schedule and, and, you know, just basic, um, love and care for ourselves. That's, that's super important. Thank you, Celine. Um, what else do we have that's, that goes into an effective sobriety or recovery plan? Um, one thing that I mentioned earlier that I, I wanted to say a little bit more clearly, this whole notion of not abandoning ourselves. Mm. So, you know, so often, and you mentioned earlier, when we're distracted, you know, the way I think about that is that's just another way to abandon myself. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about abandonment, um, many of us experienced abandonment in some way, you know, when we were very young, emotional abandonment, emotional neglect, we don't all get everything we need. In fact, no one gets everything that they need when we're little. Um, even people who come from the most healthy and functional families, there's always some lack that, that we come away with. And, you know, an effective sobriety plan for, for any time, not just the holidays, learning how to tend to ourselves and, and allow ourselves to feel our authentic feelings is a way to not abandon ourselves. So when we pay attention to ourselves and invite feelings to be felt or give ourselves permission to step away and go connect with someone if we're getting triggered, you know, during the holidays or whatever our situation might be, um, you know, those are ways to very directly create a new neural pathway in the brain where we are actually tending to ourselves and and not abandoning ourselves because when we are abandoned when we're little well that's how we learn how to abandon ourselves and an addiction is the ultimate abandonment of the self and so there are so many ways that really small ways actually that make a huge difference that, that really send a big message to ourselves that you know if i allow myself to feel this feeling if i invite myself to step away and go call a friend to help myself get grounded if I invite myself to go meditate for five minutes, even when the whole family is here, but I'm taking care of me, that's sending a big message to me that I am important and I matter. And, and these are messages that, that addicts and, and people everywhere that we need to really 
internalized. So I just wanted to name that, that, you know, not abandoning ourselves is huge to have on a sobriety plan. I, I like that. Um, putting it in terms of that pattern that, that forms so early for us. Um, I think another way that I, I see that applying is in paying attention to ourselves when we are, um, and this is back to the scheduling thing, to see where we are with our addiction. You know, you said um, you like to keep it close. You like to pay attention to it. And um, I think putting on the schedule a check-in, like where am I in relationship to that addiction? Am I, if you use the three circles of outer, middle, and inner, um, using that as a, a metric for how am I doing? And paying attention to, you know, am I starting into middle circle behavior? Am I starting toward the path of um, relapse or just disconnection? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, that kind of sums up all of the things that we've been saying, you know, about scheduling, about not abandoning yourself and paying attention. Um, yeah, that's what I think about that. <laughs> uh, well, I love that. So the, the big message that I've really heard today, like the importance of scheduling check-ins for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, that actually would be incredibly helpful. Um, you know, I think check-ins are our most effective when we kind of pepper them in and they mm -hmm. might be different. Like, oh, what am I checking in right now about? Oh, today. Oh, here's my check-in for right now. I need to drink this entire water mm -hmm. because I didn't have any sips in the past two hours. So here's my check-in now. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to not abandon myself by drinking this entire glass of water. And, you know, another check-in oh, where, yeah, where am I in relation to my addiction? Is my addiction kind of quiet right now? Oh, good. My addiction's quiet. Yay. And so I can kind of you know, move about my world knowing it's still here. It's gonna, it could get loud anytime it feels like it. Um, but, you know, really paying attention to, to where am I here if my addiction is, is quiet? Am I, am I seeking or, or am I kind of in this place of peace? So I think that I think that having I mean, that could be really effective to have different purposes for our check ins at different times of the day, mm -hmm. uh, not to overwhelm us. But no. yeah, when I work with clients, I might have two or three check ins a day about various different things. Mm -hmm. um, I do different things on my calendar. I might have a, an alert come up for, to do this or that um, mm -hmm. when I need it. And so, you know, everything we're talking about right now doesn't need to be difficult. This is really a conversation about working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, working hard in the areas that we need to, absolutely. The deep um, work. Yeah. And, um, but you know, what's, what's awesome about sobriety and recovery, 12 step, however you want to go about it is we've got like 80 or 90 pretty amazing years behind us that people have refined 
how to do this. And so, you know, Celinda and I don't have to come around now and, and reinvent the wheel. <laughs> like this has already been done. And so, you know, we can learn from really smart people who have come before us mm -hmm. so that we can work with you, work with people, um, come up with great ideas that can be individual to you and, and, and how sobriety and recovery can be helpful, helpful to you and, and everyone else who wants our help. And so that's one thing I love about, about 12 step is we know what works like this. We, we do have this down to a science and now we have the neuroscience to actually prove why it's worked all these decades, which is amazing. So, um, yeah, so connecting with others for a sobriety and recovery plan, schedule, schedule, schedule. So scheduling is important, having structure, checking in with yourself. These are huge things that we've talked about today. Making sure you've got meetings on your schedule, um, not abandoning yourself. So giving yourself permission to feel feelings, um, calling someone to help you get grounded if you need it. Uh, connecting with your higher power, we haven't mentioned that, but that's important. Mm -hmm. And Celine, before we sign off, you were sharing with me something I thought was really cool right before we started. Can you finish our, our message today with talking about gratitude and that app you were mentioning? I thought that sounded really cool. Yeah, one of the things that a lot of my clients put on their sobriety plan is gratitude mm -hmm. and how that can be very attitude changing. And that can be one of the, the checkpoints that you you know, want to check in with yourself during the day. Um, there is an app called Three Good Things. And um, several of my clients use it. And they use it to remind them every day. Um, you can set a reminder. And it just prompts you to put in three things that you're grateful for. And kind of how you feel about that. And it can be super short. Um, it can take all of three minutes. I do it myself. And I really appreciate the um, simplicity of it, but also the focus of it, because you're focusing on the, the good parts of where you are in life. And so often, you know, some of my clients will even send me the, um, the screenshot of their uh, three good things. And the so often the things that they're grateful for are recovery related. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to check it out for sure. And, <laughs> um, you know, for me early in recovery, what I learned, and I was actually just sharing this today with someone that, you know, it's the free things in life that, that recovery has really brought me to, to deeply, feel grateful for and appreciate. So mm -hmm. I love that app. I think that sounds amazing. I'm going to check it out. I am super grateful for you, Celine, and so happy to have you here and to know you and to be working with you and, and getting to know you better as a friend. So I'm just very grateful to you and um, grateful that we're here on this podcast, grateful for all of Bull City family, um, clients and, and staff and associates. And I'm just super happy to have this podcast up and running again with my girl, Celine. And um, we have a great schedule that we're going to be sharing with y'all soon for topics. If you have topics that you want to hear from us, please email us at Sophia at BullCityPsychotherapy.com or Celine at BullCityPsychotherapy.com. 
until our next episode, everyone take care and happy holidays. Thanks, Celine, so much. Great to see you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.